I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to dive into Stargate Atlantis Season 2. So the whole dive-in reference, you'd think there would be a lot more water episodes than there really are in Stargate Atlantis about a city that can fully submerge underwater and has been in the water and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there is, in this season, there is definitely one uh, trapped underwater in a, in a sinking ship kind of episode and that kind of thing. But for the most part, things are confined to space. And wow, season two is so much better than the first season. Now... As I explained in my first podcast talking about Stargate Atlantis, I'm a fan of the original movie and I used to watch uh, SG-1 on Showtime and Sci-Fi Channel and whatever and even own those those episodes on DVD and really enjoyed that series. And when they spun off Stargate Atlantis, I had just moved... No, I was still living on Grand Cayman Island at the time, so it was a big deal to still watch TV because there wasn't a whole lot of TV. We had U.S. cable for the most part. But anyway, I remember Atlantis being on and us watching it week to week on the Sci-Fi Channel. And, and, and then, like I told you, I picked up this Blu-ray set of all of the stuff, uh, all five seasons. And it had been sitting on a shelf for years and just hadn't picked it up and rewatched it. So it's been a very, very long time since I watched the show. And I enjoyed season one. It was not outstanding. It wasn't um, as good as the best of Star Trek Next Generation, which is one of the best sci-fi shows of all time or not even close to Battlestar Galactica and things like that but it was good it was it, as a spin-off it wasn't terrible as kind of a sequel to all the Stargate storylines it wasn't terrible as most sequels and spin-offs are it it charted its own ground, so to speak, and, and invented the wraith, uh, uh, more evil bad guys to deal with. And they got into some more um, interesting storylines that they really couldn't touch in SG-1 just because of the nature of the difference in the shows. Uh, this is a team working way outside, far away from Earth. And in the first season, they couldn't even contact Earth or go home easily, um, which gets much easier by the third season, by the way. But the second season, I immediately noticed that special effects were better, stories were a little more mature, and there were a couple episodes in season two that truly are as good as anything Star Trek The Next Generation did. Matter of fact, the two episodes I'm thinking about are Star Trek Next Generation storylines, which were adapted, kind of. Now, a lot of these sci-fi stories in modern TV shows have all been from older books and older TV shows and radio broadcasts and whatever, and then they will adjust them, change them, modernize them, whatever. And the two episodes on Stargate Atlantis were easily, easily uh, stolen from Star Trek The Next Generation, but then taken further, you know, uh, expanded differently. Um, but if you look back, oh, this is just like, yeah. Um, but they didn't carbon copy it, and they always, by the end of the episode, did their own things with it that worked within the mythology of what they're building in Stargate Season 2. And I'm recording this podcast right after starting the third season. <laughs> you want to talk about a, a, a huge change in budgets uh, according to the special effects in the first two episodes of Season 3. Holy crap, but that'll be in the next podcast. Um, season 2. Improved special effects, improved on-location shooting, improved guest stars. The biggest change in the cast of the show is the addition of a very young Jason Momoa, who is incredibly young. 
and does a really great job. There's a few scenes where he's a little unsure, but for the most part, he's a very confident, well-played character that gets fleshed out as we go, and he provides a certain dramatic tension in certain scenes and things like that. But he was the biggest change because of the character in the first season that got half wraithicized, and he kind of becomes a half good guy, half bad guy in the beginning of the second season till they finally deal with him, and we think he's gone for a while, but he will return at some point. Like all good TV shows, they can bring back some of the original cast to do some things later on in later seasons. Um, The biggest thing that is different in the overarching story of Stargate Atlantis Season 2 is Beckett has come up with a retrovirus that supposedly can turn wraiths into humans. Now, wraiths don't begin as humans, and this opens a whole quandary of should we even go down this road because you're basically genetically altering a race uh, to, to make them docile and human and and not fight you and they also forget um you see this early in a season where they meet a young wraith girl uh who had basically stopped taking the meds and reverse revert back and uh, almost turned shepherd into one but later uh it's funny they bring on a character named michael who's played by an actor and his name's escaping me at the moment but he's well known to supernatural fans because he played lucifer on that show um and he's brought in to play a wraith that is converted into a human who forgets all about his wraith and they think this is the retrovirus is going to work and then he reverts and he's very angry <laughs> and later on in the show he they do it to him again and that doesn't go better obviously um, some of the same trappings and MacGuffins that happen in the first season, they're always looking for more power, more zero-point modules, ZPMs as they call them. Uh, there's a few other things, there's a, but there are less just running through the motion episodes. They Each episode, not that the, it, the whole season is one long story, but it does kind of continue on, and it is. And dealing with the Wraith, by the end of the season, the Wraith have figured out where Earth is, and they're headed that way. Um, and that's the season two cliffhanger, by the way. Not getting into too heavy spoilers, but the show's been out for over 15 years. You should have watched it by now. Um, but yes, by the end of the the uh, second season, the character of Michael has reverted back to being a wraith. And to get into the good graces of his wraith friends, he backstabs and betrays the Atlantis crew and basically with uh, some computer trickery and stuff they steal information uh, everything about we first they give us everything we need to know about them but it turns out to be false and then they steal everything they need to know about us including earth which is something we've been trying to protect because again if you don't know anything about the mythology of this show the wraith have been asleep and dormant for quote-unquote thousands of years since they defeated the uh the ancients, the people who built Atlantis and the Stargates. And now they've all woken up because of what the Atlantis team have done in the first season, and they're hungry, and they need, you know, they, they basically suck the life out of humans. That's how wraiths work. It's a it's a vampire-type thing, but not with, really with soul, but with your life force, I guess. Um, but that is the... It plays into the story even when some episodes don't have anything to do with Wraith. There will be something that ties back to the retrovirus or something they're working towards or there's Wraith in the distance and closing within a few weeks or whatever. Um, and that ties the whole season together better. I mean, by the end, in 
four or five episodes in, I'm saying this is better than the first season. And by the end of it, this is a great season of sci-fi TV. It's still not up to like Battlestar Galactica, but it's up as good as as a lot of the Star Trek shows were for sure. Just the writing is better. The storylines are more mature. You don't see everything coming. There's some surprises. They, they, they do dive into some of the moral quandaries at the retrovirus and some of the things they do with survivors and planets. Um, should they, if they could, kind of conversations, which is the best part of what sci-fi can do in novels and TV shows and movies. Sci-fi can shine a light on some social issues, but talk about it in a fictitious way that doesn't raise the ire of the conservative I don't like that kind of talk. Um, but if we're talking about space aliens, you know, then you can have an intelligent conversation about that kind of stuff, I guess. I don't I don't really understand this whole, I don't want to talk about certain subjects things, but that, that's the topic of a whole other podcast. All in all, Stargate Season 2 is much better than Season 1. And I will go out on a limb and say by Season 3, it's even better better. I mean, this is a show that's improving as it goes. As the season, I was more into it. I was more likely to binge watch. This was a show I've never binge watched. I was something I watched on regular TV uh, week to week. And so now I have the opportunity, but I've never watched more than two episodes in a row because I still like that episodic feeling. And I also don't like to sit in front of the TV for very long. I get bored. I have, I have ADHD of some adult kind, I guess. Um, and I like I prefer movies. I prefer doing something constructive, working on my websites, uh, you know, building something, playing a video game, something a little more constructive than just sitting. But I do still enjoy the art form of television shows and movies, and obviously that's why I do these review podcasts. And uh, now that I've, I, I'm in my new location and have uh, my full surround sound set up, I'll get back to the movie reviews as well. Um, I loved my last setup. It was a, a much more expensive and great sounding, but stereo is fine for music. But man, TV shows and movies and surround sound, I, I really miss the surround sound. Glad to have it back. So I really enjoyed Stargate Season 2. If you haven't started this after my first one, I highly recommend watching the first one so you can get the ground rules laid out. Um, Because the best TV shows build on the episodes before, and this one's doing a great job. And man, Season 3, some of the space battles rival anything we've seen in movies lately. I mean, they really up the ante on on the special effects. And the first few episodes are just terrific. Just really great sci-fi, regardless of Stargate Universe or not. So I'm enjoying my trip through Stargate Atlantis. It's a retro kind of thing, one of those things we can do during the COVID uh, outbreak. But um, yeah, it's really entertaining. So I believe it's streaming on Hulu now if you want to check it out. Um, There's also a new Blu-ray version uh, just released or just coming out um, because it's been out of print for a little while. So... Yeah, I I really like it. It's a more adult show than SG-1 in a lot of ways, and now we're getting into some some really uh, moral, some real deep moral quandaries that make sci-fi a lot of fun. It's what makes The Expanse so good these days. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Check it out for all the links. Please share, subscribe, like, do all those things to help me on social media, and have a fantastic day. (laughs) 